music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwagner. Funk came on strong with the stank back around the 1960s. Born out of the influence of soul, jazz, rock and roll, and rhythm and blues, through artists like Little Richard, George Clinton, Parliament, James Brown, Tower of Power, Rufus, P-Funk, Man, it is an endless list of funky movers and groovers that got this thing started. Getting down on it quickly took over dance floors and protest movements. Connecting people of all different backgrounds together with bass and drum driven grooves, complemented by pretty much whatever instrument you want to throw in if you can make it work. If you can find the pocket, people will dance like they're in a trance. Funk's influence spread into the genres that influenced it, and even further, with various metal funk and g-funk artists grooving their way onto the music scene. And even nowadays, with artists like Bruno Mars and the latest Daft Punk album that released a few years ago. But for a while, it almost looked like funk would end up taking the same road as many genres before it that of becoming pretty much extinct. But for those true funk soul brothers and sisters, the infectious beats never left their hearts. Take for example, Five Alarm Funk. Born out of a need to get down and party, Five Alarm Funk saw a severe lack of funk in the music scene, and they just couldn't let that jive. I mean, what if an entire generation only had Undercover Brother to introduce them to the deep rhythm system? Since starting out in 2003, Five Alarm Funk has released six albums, a bumpin' track with funk legend Bootsy Collins, and have shared their addictive, ever-evolving style of funk music with audience who leave almost sweatier than the band members themselves. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host, Colton G, and today on the podcast, my guest is Teo Branston, drummer and vocalist for Five Alarm Funk. Alright, as you guys know, we like to kick this thing off with a little bit of music before we roll into the interview. So we're going to get you guys getting real funky, getting down before we get into our interview with Five Alarm Funk. So we are going to play you that bumping track with funk legend Bootsy Collins. This is called We Play the Funk. Get off that junk. It's Five Alarm Funk, baby.
riders and special forces riding horses in my airspace. Yeah, that man would get into trouble if you shut your trap. How's it going? It's going good, man. Is this Colton? This is. How you doing, brother? I am doing fantastic. I was listening to some Curtis Mayfield to warm up for the interview. How are you doing? Dude, everything is great, man. Just got back from uh, Seattle and Spokane over the weekend. And, and uh, yeah, life's good, man. Getting geared up to uh, to start the tour in, in Camus. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Yeah, so. man. Thanks for having me on, brother. So, uh, so you're rocking. This is a a podcast, right? Yeah. Sweet, beautiful, man. Yeah, dude. Love it. Killer. Yeah. So we'll just go over the history of the band, talk about how everything got started up, all that, where you guys are going at, how you, what your guys' writing process is like, and everything of that sort. You know. Awesome, man. Dig it. Yeah, just fire away when you're ready. I'm good to rock. All right. So, how did Five Alarm Funk end up getting together? How did it all start? Uh, Five Alarm was kind of born uh, born through, through parties, man. It, it's a party band. It's a fun band. It's a place... Uh, you know, where people like to get together kind of band and, uh, and five alarm, uh, formed at, at a house party just through a collective of musicians that were there and, uh, and started playing together and everybody, everybody at the party loved it. And, uh, and that's basically kind of the birthing of the band. And then it was kind of this, this magnetic funk force that pulled musicians from all over Vancouver that were interested in playing funk, interested in playing dance music and, and, and something that they could really enjoy because at that time there was definitely more of a rock, definitely more of kind of a grunge uh, scene cooking here. So it was nice. It was something different for, uh, different for our area, different for our neighborhood and, and something that the musicians in the band uh, were really excited about getting cooking on. Yeah, without a doubt. Did you guys start out with as many members as you guys have now? Because I know that you guys have eight members as it currently stands. Well, we've had eight members, uh, and, and it's funny, you know, these questions like, man, we go back 15 years to when this thing started, 2003, we started rocking, and uh, so, so it's so funny, I mean, the band has taken on so many different forms, 
but basically it was like uh, three or four of us at this party and then we started rocking together and then kind of, uh, you know, like, like Gabe, our guitar player was there, our, our, one of our guitar players. And then his drummer, uh, Ricky, who is now our timbale player was like, Hey, I want to come play with you cats, but you already have a drummer. So I'm going to be the timbale player huh. and the conga of our, yeah. And the conga player who was our original bass player's brother was like, okay, I'm going to slam. Like, I'm bringing congas. Let's have some fun, you know? Because we were all really into kind of, there, there was a big kind of a swing of Afrobeat uh, at that time that was cooking, especially, you know, the band Anti Ballast was really coming up, and they played a couple of shows here in Vancouver. So that had really inspired the guys to get into, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, that Afrobeat groove uh, that, that is cooking, right? And, you know, I've always been a been a big horn driven guy. I I love, I love fat horns on stuff. So it was kind of like, it started as like a four or five piece. And then we just pulled from every like little areas of, of how we wanted to sound. You know, it's like, we need a horn section. Who do we know? You know, we need more percussion who we know. Right. And so, uh, so that was kind of the birth of the band. And that's why I call it the, uh, the magnetic funk force because it was kind of the music that drew, musicians in from all over vancouver yeah no doubt i mean funk definitely wasn't really being um wasn't really like much of the sound at that time like you said like it, rock and roll wasn't really going that way like nothing was going that way like even hip-hop was moving away from like the g-funk era right so like how did you guys end up like deciding on funk like were you guys playing funk beforehand or how did that come to be? Well, yeah, I mean, the players always love funk, right? And me, myself, I love funk. I was listening to Bootsy when I was in high school because I was also really big into hip-hop, and, and, and a lot of the, the hip-hop stuff came from funk, right? I mean, that's where they used to peel all their samples from, you know? Yeah. But uh, so, so funk was always kind of like, I always loved it. It was always there. And, uh, and, and so to be say, hey, like, let's play a funk band. I want to dance. I want to, you know... I, you know, it's like kind of tired of, of uh, the rock and roll driven stuff. But I mean, that being said, the players in the band are so eclectic. I mean, you listen to some of our stuff, you're like, holy, that's, that's heavy metal that's going on right there, right? So, I yeah. mean, there's so many different aspects of Five Alarm Funk where you say, well, you know, it, it, it could be contested whether or not it's funk, but funk is a, a giant umbrella term, right? It's just like get down with the funk and that's what five alarm is right so it's like appealing from all these different genres and definitely bending into uh different genres at certain points but all under the umbrella of funk oh exactly right if you can get it in that pocket and walk it right you can get that right groove and... <laughs> i love that i love that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right that's right man so yeah and i mean you know over the years the band has just gotten so much better just mm-hmm. like anything, you know, like, uh, you learn, like, you know, the players that are in this band, it's like, wow, man, like, I know what this guy's going to do. You kind of, you, you know, the relationship that we built is, is really fantastic. And I think that's kind of what gives us our, our new style of sound where it's like heavy chant vocals, you know, searing horns, like blistering, like face melting guitars, but still right in that, uh, right in that funk zone, you know? So it's like 15 years of learning and, and, and kind of we're at the place now where we say, okay, we've developed how we want to sound through all the experimentation of the past. Yeah, okay. So um, 
through the years and over the records, like how has the writing process changed, especially with like the addition of different members and different sounds and different influences? Because like listening to like the newer album, there's definitely a lot of different cultural sounds all coming into like that aspect of funk and it's beautiful man love it thanks man <laughs> that's really nice thank you <laughs> no worries uh, uh, yeah man i mean uh, you know i i would say back uh back in the day the way we wrote was was, uh, was mainly by getting together and and just rehearsing right so you know there'd be 10 of us or so in a room and we'd be rehearsing and rocking and be like oh i really like that let's okay let's work on that and then that's kind of how we build build tunes um but uh, i think that's what you know through our first records you can hear they're pretty sporadic you know Mm -hmm. because we'd make decisions in the moment and those decisions would stick because, hey, it sounds really crazy and it sounds awesome and this is going to be great live and we'd have a wonderful time playing it, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the best arrangement for a song, per se. Yeah. But so in the, uh, so in the last uh, while, last, I don't know, two or three years or something like that, it's been more small groups, you know, like groups of two, two guys, three guys kind of go hang out, you know, sit down at a you know, for a beer or on a couch, uh, one of our houses or whatever. And, uh, and just kind of, Hey, I got this idea. Let's try and work on that. And so, so really when, when an idea now comes to a rehearsal, the foundation of what we think this whole song is going to sound like is brought in, but then everybody still gets to have fun with their own parts and things change in the rehearsal spot. But really there's a nice foundation of what is going to be, uh, you know, how the song is going to be executed. Okay, so it's it. Is it kind of starts with a root, and then everybody gets to add in their own thing or alter it a little bit to their own taste? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, personally, though, like uh, you know, I, I love writing the tunes for Five Alarm. Uh, I write a good chunk of them, but a bunch of the other guys write a good chunk of them as well. But you know, when when I when when I have an idea, I'll usually have like say a big fat like bass or guitar riff and a vocal line or something like that. And then I'll go to my guys because I don't, uh, I don't write music. I mean, I can read drum music, but I don't, uh, I don't write sheet music for, for other players. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'll go to my guitar guys and I'll be like, okay, can you go or something like that? Right. And then they'll try and figure out exactly what those notes are that I'm saying until we're happy with it. And then it's like, okay, let's go from there. That's a cooking groove, you know? Yeah. It's pretty. It means you guys have a pretty. <laughs> yeah. sol- that means you guys have a pretty solid dynamic. Then, if you guys are just like able to like just go there with sounds and like work it out together, especially with that large of a group. Well, and that's the thing too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah, we've known each other for a long, long time now, and, and, and that's where the that's where the groove comes from. That's where the comfort level comes from. That's where, you know, we're all in this together and we've been doing it for a very long time. And it's, you know, it's important to listen to everybody and, and get everybody's input on everything. And, and, uh, yeah, it works like a, like a nice little family unit where everybody's, yeah, understanding each other and everybody wants to make it the best they possibly can. Okay. So what is the, uh, touring, uh, life like with that many individuals being on the road, keeping track of everybody and like, 
Just you know what? It's pretty good, and and like, and that's the funny thing is, everybody thinks that it must be chaotic, right? But it's like it's it's pretty chill. The only thing that is crazy is the actual schedule, right? Uh, the only thing that's crazy is the playing late waking up early and traveling all day and then doing the same thing constantly. Right. But everything's uh, super well organized. I mean, I do all the tour managing stuff, uh, you know, and, and the media, obviously I'm, I'm chatting with you right now, but also yeah. our buddy Ricky does me like we got a merch guy who runs all the merch. We got guys that settle at the end of the night to make sure everything's good. Everybody kind of has uh, their own designated duties, which keeps your brain focused when you're out on the road because you're not sort of aimlessly wandering and you have a path that you need to take. Right. So when we're in the bus, it's always chill. That's the other thing. We have a comfortable vehicle. If we didn't have a comfortable vehicle, we'd be bagged even harder when we're, you know, hitting that many K's like over and over. Right. Yeah. So it's actually a, yeah, it's a really nice process of, of, all of us in the bus and, and it's usually pretty quiet. Like in the morning, everybody's just kind of sleeping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as the day goes on in the bus, you get warmed up and, and uh, you know, we all run a Google calendar with all the info and everything on it. So everybody knows if they get food, if they get beer, what time we're going to start playing when sound check is what hotel we're staying at kind of thing. And, uh, and yeah, when everybody's in the know and, and, uh, and, um, uh, Oh, what's that word? not translucent when everything's transparent uh when everything's transparent and everybody's in the know then it's actually quite a well-oiled machine Mm-hmm. well it's good to know that it, like it runs well because having pieces that don't fit into the puzzle and aren't willing to pull their share could definitely put a wrench in things <laughs> oh 100 percent. and i mean we've we've gone through Man, we've gone through, geez, I don't know, it must be about 25 different players or something in this band. But it's been progress, you know, over, over the years, so there's been no major, major total change-ups of personnel or anything. But the group that we got, I mean, this has been the, the same group for the last three years now, and, and everybody is bang on. Everybody knows that they're there for a purpose that's bigger than them, so don't be a jerk. Don't, you know, let your ego or whatever get in the way of this awesome thing that you're creating because that can totally ruin everything if you're just a, a jerk about stuff right or or whatever it may be right so so keep yourself in line and uh and and show your audience respect show your bandmates respect and everything is going to be just great mm-hmm. you guys have a uh, very awesome energy live like you guys share the stage very well. The energy that you guys give off and the way that you get the crowd into your show is fantastic. Like, do you guys work on that? Like, is it hard to continually keep that energy up night after night? Or do you guys find that easy to do? Um, I mean, I, I mean... It's easy to do because the music fuels it, right? I mean, we're not, you know, playing melancholy tunes or anything like that. We're playing upbeat, really, really fun, vibrant stuff, right? Yeah. So, I mean, getting on stage and having a really excellent time is 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 not a hard thing when you're playing music that is extremely high energy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, as far as all the moves, I, I think it's been an over overtime thing. And now it's like, you know, some guys talk to each other because there's a lot of synchronization between different guys going on right and they pull each other aside they're like hey i really like when you do that i'm going to match you on that next time or it's like okay i love it when we're moving like that let's do that together you know um so it's not like we're in rehearsal and it's like okay everybody do exactly what they're going to do on stage 
Yeah. Because we'll be like, no, man, we're, we're working here. You know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're here to, we're here to execute the tunes. And then we're, when we're on stage, it's more of kind of a natural progression of, of learning and, uh, you know, just, just, uh, kind of taking in what your bandmates are doing and then mimicking and, and, uh, and talking about it. How's the Desert Tiger Podcast. I hope you're getting down to this interview with Teo Branson from Five Alarm Funk. You guys know we got to take care of some things, pay a little bit of bills, play you guys a little bit more music from Five Alarm, and then we're going to get right back into that interview. So first off, i got to kick things off with Collar and Elbow. You guys have heard me talk about it before, right? Collar and Elbow is a wrestling-inspired streetwear company started by ex-WWE superstar Mr. Al Snow. And I gotta tell you, this stuff is sick, this stuff is fly, this stuff is super soft, super comfortable. It looks great. I got the mirror tee, maybe you've seen it on my Instagram, maybe you've seen it on my Twitter. I wear it to the gym all the time. It is super, super comfy. Maybe you guys want to cop their layout tee. Maybe you want to cop that sexy ladies army tee for yourself. Maybe you want to save yourself 10% when you do it too. That's right, when you're checking out of the collar and elbow web store, you can save yourself 10% off your order by using the code DTP when you are checking out. It is that easy to support the podcast, plus get yourself some sick clothing, plus save money on that sick clothing. It's a win-win-win. Alright, so we're going to get back into some music from the Five Alarm. So we're going to play something off their latest Juno-nominated album, Sweat. This song is called Dance Dance Party Party.
goddamn, that is funky, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed that just as much as I did. Alright, so you guys know it's about that time for the Audible Audio Book of the Week. We're going to throw a lot of words at you in a very quick amount of time. So, our Audible Audio Book of the Week this week is The One, The Life and Music of James Brown. Playing 350 shows a year at his peak, with more than 40 Billboard hits, James Brown was a dazzling showman who transformed American music. His life offstage was just as vibrant, and until now, no biographer has delivered a complete profile. The One draws on interviews with more than 100 people who knew Brown personally or played with him professionally. Using these sources, award-winning writer R.J. Smith draws a portrait of a man whose twisted and amazing life helps us to understand the music he made. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you guys want to delve a little bit deeper into The One, The Life, and music of James Brown. I'm going to tell you how to do that for free on Audible. That's right. If you guys head on over to www.audible.com DTP, that is www.audible.com DTP. Audible is going to give you one free month of the Audible service, plus one free audiobook for you to use on whatever book you find in the Audible service, and there is literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of books that this service has. So go ahead, go on over to www.audible.com DTP, and maybe use your free token on the one, the life and music of James Brown. All right, let's get back into our interview with Tao Branston of Five Alarm Funk. The Desert Tiger Podcast. So over 15 years of being in the studio, being on the road, just having different experiences with each other. Do you guys have any like, or I mean you yourself, do you have any like stories of the road? Any like things that have gone pretty awesome, just things that have just completely gone all way out the window, anything like that? Of course, man. <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, the, ro- the road is, is brutal, right? It, it's, it, uh, it's brutal, but it's fun and it's exciting, but you're putting tons of K's on vehicles. They can break down. You know, sometimes the hotels are like not booked when you get somewhere or something like that. You know, I don't know. I mean, uh, I never like to focus in on any one particular story. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, there's nuts stuff happens all the time because, because, you know, that's the nature of the beast. You're going to blow transmissions when you're out on the highway. You're going to, uh, you know, you're going to, uh, well, I, that happened to us there. We we blew a transmission or a, what was it? A, a power steering line down in the U.S. and we had to get to Portland. So we blew it. Uh, we were able to pull off the highway. We got two Ubers back to Bellingham. We were almost 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 uh, halfway between Bellingham and Seattle. We got two Ubers to take us to the Bellingham airport to rent two vehicles, drive back to the bus, pick up the rest of the guys, jam the stuff with gear drive all the way to Portland. We were two minutes late 
for our set, which was 7 p.m., but we were able to start by 10 past 7, I think it was, with, like, no sound check or anything like that, and just, just hammered the show. It was absolutely fantastic. But, you know, I mean, uh, that's one of the things we got to pride ourselves on, is, like, never miss the gig. Yeah. Always do everything you can do to make the gig. And if you don't sleep or if you feel like crap, you still have to do that, and you have to do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, t- man, there, there's a million, million different stories. And I think when I'm like 90, I'm going to look back and all these stories are just going to start coming out of my mouth. You know, that's when I'm really going to reminisce about all the, all the hilarious and awful and exciting and really inspiring things that have happened to me in my life. Yeah, without a doubt. Speaking about uh, inspiring things that have happened in your life, I mean, you guys recently did a song with funk legend Bootsy Collins. I mean, what was that like working with Bootsy? He's the pioneer, man. Um, dude, it was incredible, man. He, he's, uh, you know, he's been an inspiration since, uh, since forever. Since, uh, you know, I was 15, I, I was listening to Bootsy, and like I was talking before, you know, most of the guys out there, um, you know, he, he was an inspiration for tons of other people. Everybody sampled his stuff from way back in the day and, uh, and, and being able to work with him and put, you know, put his iconic funk voice, uh, to our music has probably been one of the most, uh, inspirational and, and, uh, amazing things that's happened in, in my career as a musician. It's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh- I could definitely see that being the case. I mean, just listening to the song and hearing that classic, cool, soul, bluesy, like, voice on that track is just, it's just smooth, man. (laughs) It's slamming, you know, yeah, yeah, it's everything we, everything we wanted it to turn out to be and and more, you know, And, and we're super happy to have finally released it. We've been sitting on that for three months of getting the master done or something, just waiting to uh, push it out at the right time. And, and I got to tell you, I'm super excited that it's out and we get to, we get to blast that tune wherever we go. Awesome. I'm sure that uh, everywhere you do go, we'll be excited to hear it as well. 100%. (laughs) Uh, I'm hoping I can make it out to the show in Kamloops tomorrow to hear it myself. (laughs) Absolutely, brother. Are you going to be able to come? Uh, hopefully. I'm getting off work around 3, so I should be able to get there. Rock on, yeah. We don't start till 9, 30, 10, or something like that. Oh, yeah, that gives me tons of time, so as long as I can get this Hell episode yeah. ready to be released by Thursday morning, then we're rocking. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, so what are some of your other um, high school or while you were growing up type influences? Um, I mean, when I was young, I was, uh... I was a rocker, man. I was a grunger. I, you know, I was born in 83, uh, started playing drums when I was about six or seven. So, you know, uh, right at the start of the nineties there and, uh, and Nirvana was huge. I listened to tons of grunge rock, man. I was a uh, Nirvana head, a Primus head, uh, rage against the machine kind of thing. And then as I got older, you know, I got more into Zappa and, uh, and, and then from there just hearing kind of these like worldly influences. I was huge into like Tito Puente and then anti ballast and Afrobeat came along with Fela. And then, you know, funk is obviously all spread throughout there with George Clinton that used to DJ as well. So I was really into hip hop. I mean, 
you know, it, it's really eclectic, and that's what I love. <laughs> Sorry, my my girl's making fun of me for the way I talk. <laughs> no worries at all, man. She's, mimic, she's mimicking me. That's so funny. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, always had an eclectic style of what I like to listen to, uh, just because that's what, you know, if you kind of push anything out of your spectrum, then you're not going to hear the full spectrum of things, you know? Oh, you gotta, exactly. you gotta find find something you love and everything, right? Exactly, right. You can take influence from everything that is possibly out there, right? And if you're just rejecting it, then how can you evolve what music is? One hundred percent. I totally believe that. And I think that's what uh, you know gives Five Alarm its kind of you know signature style and sound is is the. And is not being afraid of incorporating, you know, any type of inspiration that you have, right? I mean, we'll go anywhere with tunes. We'll go hip-hop, we'll go bangro, we'll go heavy metal, we'll go straight funk, we'll go Afrobeat, right? Just because, I mean, it's all things that we love and love to play. Nice. Um, I'm a little bit of a hip-hop head myself, too. So what are some of your favorite uh, hip-hop musicians? Oh, jeez. See, I was uh, I was underground hip hop when I I don't listen to much hip hop anymore, but because yeah. I, I I was like a massive uh, man. I love scratch DJing, but okay. just the scratching. So I was a huge like Qbert and like Invisible Scratch Pickles guy. Okay, have you ever heard of them? Um, I heard of Qbert. Yeah, yeah, I was a huge Qbert fan because I was. I was heavy into that. You know, Roots and stuff are always crushing. Uh, geez, who else would it be from back in the day? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of who. CVE Ooh. was a group that I loved. Nice. Um, with uh, with Bus Driver and all those guys. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was pretty massive. So it was a bunch of weird underground stuff that, that I mean, yeah. I always just love stuff that's weird. I mean, that's where, you know, my, my love for Zappa it from, was right? a good scene, though, right? Because like they weren't really afraid to get out there with the sound and like the different samples they were using. They were embracing different styles of music and introducing people to them. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. Okay, so um, over the fifteen years, is there any uh, Five Alarm Funk songs that you like really enjoy playing? Anything that really stands out for you? A favorite? Um, man, I always love playing the latest material, just mm. because you know, you know, after a while, you get tired of playing the playing the older stuff, right? So. So, uh, you know, playing all the tracks off Sweat, that's something that, you know, Widowmaker is one of my favorite tunes to play live. But then coming on to this tour, we got two brand new songs, uh, one called Smoke City and one called Auga. And, uh, man, those are just so fun. There's nothing like playing new material when you get on the road. It's brand spanking new, and it's really exciting, you know? You're not, you're not just running through a tune that you've played a thousand times live before kind of thing. So anything that's, like, new and fresh is my favorite stuff to play live. Um, but then you can't get away from the classics, right? you got to play Wash Your Face once in a while. Oh, of course. you got, you got to give the fans what they want. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. So um, what is it like being a funk band that has been nominated for a Juno like how much of an Pretty, honor is uh, that <laughs> yeah I mean it's interesting I, 
usually uh, funk isn't, you know, highly regarded in the ceremonies kind of thing. But I guess that's probably just because, you know, in Canada there there isn't as much funk as, say, you know, you go down to the States, uh, there's quite a heavy-duty funk scene, right? Mm-hmm. And even, uh, who was it, Snarky Puppy winning that Grammy, like, that kind of boosted the, the style. Yeah. Not that they're straight funk or anything like that, but, you know, that's kind of in, in the realm. Anyway, um, yeah, man, it's an honor. I mean, we're pumped. This is our second nomination, and we were hoping we'd get one for Sweat because, uh, you know, it, it's by far the best record we've ever put out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, to, so to get that nod, I mean, it's super great. There's some, some stiff comp in our category with Cuphead and stuff like that, but it's, it's going to be awesome. We're pumped for the ceremonies. They're in Vancouver this year, so, you know, that's our hometown. We couldn't be more happy about that. It's great. Awesome. I might have to make my way down for some of Juno Fest then. I did not know it was in Vancouver. Yeah, it's in Vancouver this year, man. It's going to oh, be killer. Man, I'm definitely going to have to head on down then. Sweet. Check it on out. All right. Do you, uh, what are some of your interests outside of music? Like, what do you do when FAF is taking some off time? Uh, well, basically you work on all the back end of the band stuff <laughs> and writing new material and all that stuff. We never really take too much time off, but time off from the road, uh, man, I, I'm like, I love to cook. Uh, I got a dog. We, uh, I walk the dog all the time. Those are like my two biggest passions outside of music, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Going for wicked walks and, and, and cooking. I love cooking, cooking awesome. music are kind of like cooking and music kind of go hand in hand. I find, you know, it's like uh, you're sitting there, you're like, what am I going to create tonight? You know? Yeah, I and I find it really exciting. Yeah. Do you have a certain style of food you enjoy cooking? I end up cooking Asian food quite a lot, nice. but nothing like, uh, yeah, nothing like, uh, I don't follow recipes or anything like that, so I'm, like, just a self-taught cook, and I just, you know, like, I, I made nigiris the other day. I made vegetarian nigiris the other day with, like, with like braised mushrooms and stuff, and then I wrapped them around little uh, sushi balls and then did the, the seaweed around it. It was delicious. I loved it. It took me, like, four hours to make 50 of them, but I had a blast. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So before I ask you our last question, where can our listeners find you and Five Alarm Funk online? Uh, you can go to Facebook. You can go to Instagram. You know, FiveAlarmFunk.com has all our tour dates. It has all our, our merch store. It's got all our music up on there. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, uh, the whole thing, man. And that new Bootsy track is just released, so that's a great one if you're looking for a single to go download that's a crushing new tune i can definitely agree with that all right so where do you see the future of five alarm funk going where would you like your career in music to sort of go like do you guys want to continue creating music and pushing and evolving your sound like what are your guys's goals and aspirations for the future uh yeah 100 percent. it's to keep on pushing i think we kind of uh we're definitely hitting a stride right now and we're getting uh, canada is amazing uh is amazing united states is really starting to do really well for us which we're very excited about but just expanding it even you know, across the oceans. We want to get to Europe. We want to get to Australia. We want to get to Japan. And we want to be a festival band, right? Yeah. We want to go tour and hammer festivals all around the world 
and play for play music for for people. I mean, that's that's always been the goal of the band, and I don't think that's ever going to change. But as far as you know, content that we're creating, I think I think with what we did with Bootsy is a real amazing eye opener as to how we're going to uh, how we're going to create recorded material. I think we're definitely looking at more collaborations. Uh, definitely looking at uh, yeah, reaching out and 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 kind of making a music community out of this thing and, and mm-hmm. bringing people on board and releasing records that way, releasing singles, then kind of pushing them all together, maybe on a big vinyl or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it, man. Collaborations and festivals. I think that's, uh, that's where you're going to see five alarm succeed. All right. Uh, just out of general curiosity, I got to ask one more. Would you guys like to do like more of an album of, collaborations with different musicians like exploring different styles of music involved with your styles plus different like funk legends or like would you guys rather do that as like different like singles and like break it down over time and whatnot well i think uh you know you gotta now you know the the you know the, the recording process and releasing music is totally different now than it used to be right yeah so i think if we I think if, oh, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, repeating. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think if, you know, if we make singles, we're going to make those singles, put the appropriate backing on them to release them properly and release them and release them and release them. So I think you'll see singles coming out and then you'll see those all compiled on a record. But I also don't think that we're ever going to stop putting just straight up original five alarm tunes, uh, out. Of course. And it'll all be it. So I think you'll see a mashup. Uh, that's that's kind of the direction that, that I'm thinking. You know, half is original fast, half is kind of uh, these collabs or mm-hmm. however you want to, you know, say it. And I do think we're totally interested in, in expanding uh, the styles of music we play, but it's always going to have that, that gnarly five-alarm edge on it for mm-hmm. sure. All right, not putting any pressure on it or anything, but who is somebody you would possibly like to get in the studio and work with? Um, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it as uh, the the go tos is what uh, an artist that I would love, man. I think we could make a killer one with Zach De La Roque. Ooh, uh, yeah, from Rage. Yeah. he would be uh, he would be a person that I would personally love to make a track with. I think you guys could end up making a killer track together. I think it would be a, 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 a wicked blend, man. I think so, too. But that would be just one of mine. I mean, you know, we've got lists and lists of people that we want to reach out to and stuff. But I think, uh, you know, that would be a goal of mine. I, I was a huge Rage fan when I was young. And, uh, man, I loved their tunes and I loved their style. I thought it was great. I, th- I think mixing, like, your guys' different stylistic approaches and, like, the way that he approaches things could definitely mesh very well together. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Awesome. Yeah. But there's all, all, sorts of other, all sorts of others, but I'll just leave it with, with that for now. All right, awesome. <laughs> I hope it happens. Yeah, don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go for now, and I hope you have yourself a great day. All right, man. If we see you at the show, come say what's up. All right. I definitely will. Okay. Thanks, Colton, for the call. Ah, no problem. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. 
Alright you guys, sadly I did not make it to that 5 Alarm Funk show. As I am currently recording this episode, they are on stage. Big sad face, all the tears, but besides that, we need to give a big old Desert Tiger podcast thank you and a big ups to Teo Branston of Five Alarm Funk for joining us here on episode 25 of the Desert Tiger podcast. We were extremely excited to get this episode together. I am a huge fan of the FAF, and I am so happy we were able to get Teo on the show. I also need to give a big ol' thank you to you guys, the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast, because without you, we wouldn't be able to do this every single week. So wherever you're listening from, whatever you're listening on, and whoever you are, thank you so bloody much for tuning in to the Desert Tiger Podcast. If you haven't already, maybe hit that subscribe button. That's probably the best way that you can support the podcast is just by tuning in. If you want to support us a little bit more, you can hit up Collar and Elbow or Audible. As I said in the middle of the show, I'm not going to list that stuff again for you guys. I'm not going to sit here and constantly throw that all at you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, screw it. You guys, if you want to support me, you're going to support me. I already know that. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks to the sponsors. Mad ups to Teo Branston for being on the show. Just being an overall awesome dude. I mean... It was a kick-ass episode, and I'm extremely happy that we got it together. Alright, so next week on the show, we're going to be having a very interesting guest. We're going to be having the gods of Mount Olympus. Yeah, I know, right? That is going to be super interesting. They have been described as Billy Joel on crack. So that should be killer. Alright, as you guys know, before we end things off, we'd love to give you a quote to leave you on a high note. Maybe motivate you a little bit. Something to get you there, get you through everything, whatever stands in your way. Fuck it, you're gonna do it. You're gonna kill it, because I believe in you. Alright, here is our quote from funk legend Bootsy Collins. Funk is the absence of any and everything you can think of, but the very essence of all it is. And saying that, I'm saying funk is anything that we create in our minds that we want to do, what we want to be, but we don't have the resources. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for listening.